This is Behind the Vault, where we study the best in community banking. On this show, we talk with community bank and credit union leaders about their approaches, challenges, and successes in serving their communities in today's world. I'm your host, Rich Edwards. Our aim is to highlight and strengthen one of the most essential parts of our economy, the community financial institution. Stick around at the end of the show to learn how you can be a guest on Behind the Vault. And now, on with the episode. Welcome to Behind the Vault. Uh, our guest today is Greg Margosian. Greg is the Chief Operating Officer of Toshiba Global Commerce Solutions, who works in retail store systems around the world. But today we're going to talk about consumer behavior in the U.S. and how that ties into payment systems. Thanks for being with us, Greg. Ah, oh, it's good to, good to be here. We're looking forward to the discussion. So I, I know one of the things that we were talking about beforehand was really the growing trend in self-checkout and a lot of the things that you're seeing. But what, why don't you start us off a little bit by talking about what exactly uh, Toshiba does in this space? Yeah, I mean, Toshiba is, as you said, is in a solutions business. What that means simply is we provide hardware, software, and services to solve retailer problems. And, I, and that's probably the simplest uh, definition of a solution we can give. And so if you if you go into a uh, Kroger or a Albertsons or a Costco or a BJ's and you see either uh, Toshiba or IBM on the equipment, that that's my team. We, we, we about 12 years ago, were part of IBM and we were uh, part of a spin out that was uh, moved over to Toshiba. So that's what my, my team does across the U.S. Everything from small mom and pops all the way up to the big, the big retailers. And, and this is mainly uh, brick and mortar retail. We're talking about. Do you get into e-commerce at all, or kind of multi-channel? We we our way in is usually through brick and mortar, and then the back end software that we have now. Uh, we have something called Alera, uh, which which actually will integrate with back end commerce uh, systems that many of our retailers have. So, so it's really soup to nuts for how your customers collect money from their customers. Exactly. Collect money. Uh, there's, there's elements of uh, keep the money. What I mean by that is loss prevention, loss prevention, so stealing. Uh, so we have some good, great technologies to help retailers um, minimize that in their stores. And so it's, yeah, it's, it's everything from shelf technology all the way through the checkout uh, we provide. And I don't like talking about the technology as much because it's really about solving the retailer problem, solving the problem that we bring re retail technology to help them with. So so what are some of the, the trends or things that you're seeing, particularly kind of post-COVID? How, you know, how has the consumer behavior been changing and, and how are retails, retailers reacting to that? Well, you know, COVID was... COVID was very interesting for us. So it, it provided us a, uh, a insight that we may not have otherwise had. So what do I mean by that? So when you look at the data from a payment side, we saw a bump in mobile payment. So it got up to, from 2020, it got up to roughly about 3% of payments was through mobile. And then in 21 and 22, it, it dropped back down to basically less than 1% which is where it's been before, before COVID. 
and after. And so people try to say, well, what does that mean? What does that mean? Well, I think, I think the stickiness of mobile, yeah. And, and the, you know, the big growth, we're still, we're still, it's still ahead of us when pure contactless, pure mobile, uh, you know, the, you know, the top, top is most of us know in this industry is Apple pay. Number, number two, number two is really Starbucks, believe it or not. We Americans love our coffee. Number two, uh, mobile payment is, is, is uh, Starbucks. So we did get some insights there that the stickiness of that approach, once COVID left, it, it, it didn't stay, didn't stay. And then self-service, if, if you're, if you're like me and you, you have different news feeds, you would swear that there's this massive backlash now on all things self-checkout. But reality is the numbers are that 85, this one cracks me up, 85% of us, 85% of us believe that self-checkout is faster than waiting for a cashier. And I laugh because I know that even though I uh, sell this stuff, there are certain use cases in self-checkout that I'm really not very good at. And uh, for instance, vegetables, I am, well, let's just say I'm not good. And so what 85% of us believe that. And so the growth in self-checkout continues. There's um, about 50, 50, depending on you believe, 50 to 55% of all the checkout lanes in a store are now self-checkout and it continues to grow. So that, that phenomena, even though you, you read about every so often a retailer says, you know, wow, for good reasons, we're fed up with it. And sometimes you'll see it, you know, it's, it's a really round theft. We are bringing some really good technology around theft uh, to help them reduce the loss there. That momentum of growth is continuing. So, so what, what's pushing that? Is that the retailers looking for cost savings or speed, or is it more consumer demand? Uh, I think, I think it's actually both. So the retailers are looking, you know, each person in the front of their store, depending on the state, that could be a union worker or, uh, you know, just a, a type of worker that's actually just hard to recruit. And so they're, they would w rather hire a person to help with, sh you know, stocking shelves and helping with customer service than just doing the checkout. We are, we are pulling it as well in the sense that that belief that I can be quicker in the checkout lane. And I, and I do get it to a point because there's usually a pool. Most retailers will have a pool of self-checkout lanes. And so you don't have to worry about being that guy who picked the slow lane because I'm that guy. I picked the slow man lane. All right. My lane goes slow. With a pool of self-checkout, you, you don't have to worry about picking the wrong lane. You'll go to the next available. And so you know, kind of consumer sentiment that's where you're kind of coming or yeah, that's where the retailers are trying to solve for that they're, they're solving for consumer sentiment but are also solving on their side of, of where's the best place to deploy labor where's the best place to deploy labor so you know we say well there's a social element to that um we're at like 60 percent now of shoppers who actually even prefer interacting with a self-checkout machine than they are a cashier 60. So that's kind of, kind of interesting. It's kind of interesting. You know, the, the, the best compliment a retailer can have is I, as a shopper, went in their store, they had what I wanted. 
And when it was time for me to check out, I was able to do it quickly. And is that is that across categories, or does that play more in like grocery and big box or something else? So certainly strong sentiment and, and a high volume. So we would say grocery, big box. Um, well, you know, you, even some even some of the the stores where you can go for uh, gasoline mm-hmm. and then go into the store. You know, there's that sentiment there. So. So that's this is in response to what customers are asking for. They they are kind of voting with their feet, voting with their dollars for more self service capability for their experience, right? Yes. Okay. And and how how is that changing? I mean, we are, you already kind of talked about the lack of stickiness around like the NFC and and mobile payment. How how does that change things? Are we seeing things like less cash, for example? Does that drive into it? Yeah, that's also interesting because uh, in 2020, we saw cash be roughly 19, 20% of uh, the transaction volume in, in, in the U.S., nine, nine, depending on the year, 1920. And it's it's really continued 21, 22. Um, so, you know, there's a stickiness factor to cash usage, which is beyond just um, it's quicker to use a debit card. It's quicker to use a credit card and because it, because it kind of interacts with culture. So what does that mean? You look at Europe, for instance, you know, Germany, most would say is probably the top as far as technology deployment and technology and engineering. Yeah. Even to this day, they have the highest usage of cash in Europe. Why culture? There's a culture thing. Um, you look at self-checkout in Europe, the UK, United Kingdom, one of the highest usage in the world of self-checkout. Why? There's a culture thing. And we can, there's a lot to it why that's the case. So if you believe that there's a culture thing, we're seeing most estimates be that cash usage is going to still continue in the upper teens for the next three years. And so that's really where it is now. It's really where it's been since 2020. And is, is that a global number or that's a U.S. number? That is definitely a U.S. number. U.S. number. Okay. And how how is U.S. behavior in this realm? How How is that different than the rest of the world, either the way it is or the way it's going? Well, it really, de- it really depends on the country. Mm. Well, specifically for the U.S., um, how does U.S. compare to the other countries? Yeah, right. What yeah. What's unique or different about the U.S.? How does that stand out? Yeah, I had a buddy of mine tell me about his travels to China. I was trying to remember exactly how many years ago it was, Rich, but it was probably 12. And he was, I remember when he came back, he was telling me about the, that China at the, had just skipped over the whole contactless card and they were, dead on with the mobile app on their phone. And he told me about a couple of them. How, and how everywhere he went, everywhere he went, he would see it. And so I think that whole comment about your culture affects your, your usage is definitely true for the U.S. as well. Um, so we, you know, we see growth across debit and credit. And I think we can't see the uh, when, when the mobile payment gets higher than 
2%, at least for the next three year span. Doesn't mean it won't, but it's, you know, it's still heavily driven by Starbucks traffic. Mm-hmm. That very heavily driven. And, and you say, well, why is that? Which is, which is their, their prepaid card, right? That's kind of what we're talking about. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you say, why is that? And I say, well, you can do all the analysis you want, but remember the last few times you've tried to use your card or your mobile app and do it. I, I can remember trying to do it with PayPal one time. Let's just say it didn't work. So I ended up pulling out my credit card. <laughs> and, and it's not, it's not unique. And so we haven't made it, um, as frictionless perhaps yet. Mm-hmm as it would need to be to be adopted. So it's, yeah, I think, I think that's where we are in the U.S. You know, and then there's, you know, the real-time traffic with FedNow, which is your guys' world. You know that mm-hmm. way better than I'll ever know. And you know that we're not seen as a leader in that either. Mm-hmm. And is, is there push from retailers to, to look at that as like an alternate channel or, or an alternate way to collect money? Not that I've heard. Not, not, not that I've heard. It, it might be, yeah, not, not, uh, you know, there, there's some that still push back on, uh, contactless payment because they, you know, I think it's still, that's considered a, you know, car not present transaction. Mm-hmm. So, you know, their fees are higher. So there's still that base, what I call basic level pushback from the high volume guys. Okay. So what, what's in the future? I mean, everybody kind of went through a major technology chain around chip, um, card and the whole EMV compliance. What five years ago, was that kind of the end of that cycle? Yeah. Um, maybe a little bit longer, you know, we did the first cycle where we didn't really do uh, contactless, which I find is funny because the countries that deployed it before us learned quickly that they had to deploy uh contactless because it you know it added depending on which technology 20 seconds to the checkout experience which is eternity for the high volume guys right mm-hmm. um so yeah i think it, but to answer your question what like what's the next um what is the next technology i i do think i do think that uh cash will be with us for a while we're seeing legislation in certain cities and even states mandating that retailers still have to accept cash in my business i like it because cash handling you know bill and coin um that that technology is you know you gotta watch out for counterfeit so there's a lot of technology in that and so um particularly with self-checkout you know that uh selfishly helps us um but i do think i do think the cash will continue so i wouldn't bet against I wouldn't bet against cash going away or even checks for a while. Uh, I do, I do think the the breakthrough in mobile will happen. Um, there, there will be some, there will be more simplicity that comes and better acceptance. We just don't, it just doesn't work as seamless yet as it should. And, and do you think there's like a player that's going to consolidate that, or is this like every retailer has envy around what Starbucks has been able to do? I do, th- I do think one of the wallet guys will get it. You know, I think the China example I was giving you earlier, one of them was mm-hmm. Route, uh, Wemo, another one was WhatsApp. And so depending on the culture, they will let that happen. We just mm-hmm. haven't seen it as strong yet um, in, in the U.S. Mm-hmm. 
not, not not yet at least but but less likely that every retailer has their own payment solution native to their store and their app correct correct yeah. many many are adding it uh, many are adding it to their app but it kind of works in their store if you will only and that's really not the that's not the spirit of of it working multiple environments mm -hmm. which is which is interesting because there's this is this is not the regulatory environment for you know a big tech player to come in and say we're, we're going to take over payments mm. i say maybe we'll see but like that doesn't seem to have been the the, the case so far now you think about like, like you think about the apple right the apple scenario what we sure tell Contractually, you, know, you give up. I think it's uh, you give up fifteen basis points per transaction. Fifteen, I think you give 15, 15 basis points for credit, and I think you give up half a half a cent for each debit transaction. And uh, as far as we can tell, they're the only ones that have been able to get those terms, and, and you can't pass those on to the consumer. So the one of the bigger players was they eked out a little bit eked out a little bit um so there the dynamics of strength in the u.s maybe are a little bit different yeah than else. and and goldman their their big player on on the back end that was doing the banking for them is trying to get out of it right now right. like they did not find that to be a profitable business for them and it, no. it may be they were the wrong partner to kind of go with on the consumer side but yeah, I, yeah, I think, I think, uh, there's a saying in retail and it basically says that every new, new technology is additive. There's very few things that actually go away <laughs> and, and you let, and, and anyone who's around laughs. Yeah. But I, I actually remember, boy, I think many years ago this was, I think, I think this was the eighties that I worked on this product, 1980s. We did a project to figure out whether or not debit cards, debit cards, that when you shop with your debit card, you should get the same effect as a check where you buy more high margin goods in a store. Um, and the, and so we did the system just to, just to prove that. And, uh, I, I don't even want to tell you the, 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 the prediction of when cash was going to go away because, you know, debit cards are coming. Um, because it's hilarious. You know, we still have 18, 19, 20% of all transactions are cash. So, you know, you know, credit cards came along. They didn't eliminate cash. They didn't eliminate checks. Debit cards didn't eliminate anything. N nothing goes away. And so these poor retailers in the U.S., they're having to constantly support new things. And that's another, that's another challenge, keeping them all working. So, so what do we what do we have to look forward to for for this year for twenty twenty four? What what do you think the big themes are in this space? I think I think there'll be more. I think there'll be more uh, improved self service that um, we as consumers will see. Um, there there will be more uh, opportunities to pay different ways. We we are seeing that. Um, I do think that the uh, the time to check out and pay almost universally has gotten predictable and is back to the levels before 
uh, we we inter- we introduced uh, the chip technology. Right? It's uh, chip chip technology. While good from a card counterfeiting, did slow down the checkout process for a lot of a lot of scenarios. But I do think uh, with quick the quick chip technology and and also with contactless, you know those speeds are now to where they were before that. So that is good. Um, I do think we're, we'll actually see more loss prevention technology deployed in stores. Um, you know, if you read anything in the news, you know that that is something retailers are struggling with. Fortunately, some of the artificial intelligence um, technologies are, are, are a big help for that. And so we'll see that. And the, and the goal is those of us who are uh, good actors and pay, we don't want to be slowed down because of the ones, the small percentage of people that aren't good actors. And so that's, that's what we've worked But I think we'll see, see more of those things. Okay. Well, this has been great. You've given us a lot of stuff to think about and, and look forward to. If anybody was, was interested more in, in what you guys do or, or about Toshiba, where can they go to find out more? Uh, you get a website, Toshiba Commerce. Two words, concatenated, ToshibaCommerce.com. And you can uh, you can read about the solutions we're we're providing, uh, and we'd uh, we'd love to work with you. Great. Well, thanks for being with us, Greg. Thank you, Rich. This has been Behind the Vault, a production of Mindspan Systems, helping community FIs provide service like no other. Learn more at MindspanInc.com. If you're a community bank or credit union leader and have a story to tell, please visit BehindTheVaultPod.com slash guest. That's BehindTheVaultPod.com slash guest. If you found this episode useful, leave a rating on Apple Podcasts as that helps other FI leaders like you find the show. Thanks for listening and join us next time for more insider stories from community banking on Behind the Vault.